Lord, we need you. We need you for every bit of grace, every drop of grace. As Jennifer prayed earlier, it's just on display all around us, God's grace. I want to invite you to go ahead and open to Hebrews 12 now. You can start flipping there. Pastor Scott was preaching from the faith chapter last week. So, I want to ask you a question. Are we there yet? No, we're not. Have you ever heard that question? No, never heard that question. One of us here has actually said that at some point. Are we there yet? Well, this Christian journey is, is not much different. I think there are moments that we, we look and we go, have we progressed? So do you have goals? Each of you, do you, is there, do you have a goal or do you have a vision right now for your life? Do you have, whether it's, whether it's a thing, whether it's a certain way, maybe we want all the things on our homestead to be in perfect order. We want all six chickens laying eggs. Wait, that's not going to work because one's a rooster. We didn't know that. Weren't planning on that, right? What about the air conditioner that breaks? What all the things that interrupt those plans? Some of us in here might have a vision for an automobile that you want. Somebody might want a Ford Raptor or a Mustang GT, not calling any names, but that might be one of my children. Some of you may be thinking about just the way you want your life to look one day. Married, kids, a certain job certain financial status there's these visions right but but how do you get there ethan how do you find your wife how do you establish yourself and and get to that goal i remember it wasn't long after miss jennifer and i had gotten married almost 22 years ago in the year 2000 yeah we made it to 2k anyway the year, the year 2000, and we had just gotten married, and we, we had this desire or a vision or a goal that she would come home and she would be a stay-at-home mom. She would take care of the kids. She would build a home that would be hospitable and beautiful. There was a vision, but at that time, we were making about $52,000 a year. We had one child at the time, and we wanted to have a bunch more. And so we were making it. We were doing fine on that 52. But out of the 52, she was making 27. I think that's the math. I think she was making 27. I was making 25. And so definitely if we dropped down to the 25, that wasn't going to work. But we had this goal. We had this vision of where we wanted to be. And, I mean, you can see where we are now with our children. Well, there's a long story that, that brought us to that place. As we talked about this, we had no idea how we would possibly accomplish that. And so we did the only thing that we could do, and that was to pray. And so I remember we stopped, and the prayer sounded kind of like this. Lord, we have a desire that Jennifer would come home and be a stay-at-home mom, work in the home. And Lord, we believe that it would honor you. We think it's good. We think it would bring glory to you. But Lord, we see no possible way that this could ever come about. 
But Lord, we're asking you for it. And so we prayed that prayer. And I'll tell you the rest of the story later. We prayed the prayer, but we didn't have any idea how that could possibly come about. And as Christians, we have a couple of goals that should be very, very clear among all other sort of preferences that we have about what we want our life to look like. But our spiritual goals are surrounded by who we are. The chief end of man, most of you know, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. So, when we think about our goals, as believers, that goal should be paramount above everything else, above the homestead or above a certain house or whatever. And then the second is the eternal goal. Our eternal goal that one day we would be united in fellowship with God from whom we've been separated because of sin. And so now we only enjoy a tainted sort of fellowship with God. But the second goal is we would live this life and we would get to that day one day and God would say, well done, good and faithful servant. And we would have true fellowship with God. So those ought to be our, our two primary goals. But again, how in the world do we even do that? How do we even do that? Those are big goals. So let's listen as we jump into the book of Hebrews to these three verses. And let's see how the writer of Hebrews helps us out with how we would live out and accomplish these two goals. So get out your, your, your digital version, your paper version. Come on. I'm going to sit around in your word a little bit today too. Not a lot, a little bit. All right, Hebrews 12. Therefore, we know what that word means, right? It means he's referring to something. What's the therefore? That's right, that's right. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, as Stephen prayed earlier, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Let's pray again. Lord, would you illuminate these words to our minds and our hearts? And Lord, would you teach us how to live and how we might accomplish these goals of bringing you glory, enjoying you, and that one day we would stand before you and you would welcome us into fellowship. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I believe the main point that the writer is making here, and this is where you'd want to write it down. I know y'all... Why would you take notes? You're outside at like home church. Come on. This is real church, y'all. It's real church. I think the main point is keep going like the faithful saints who have gone before you because Jesus made the way and Jesus is the way. The main point, keep going like the faithful saints who have gone before you because Jesus made the way and Jesus is the way. All right, so 
Why do I think that's the main point? Let's look here at the center of this. I believe all of the beginning of verse 1 points to this one thing, this one phrase. If you look towards the end of verse 1, it says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run the race. Let us run with endurance. In other words, keep going. Keep going. Everything else builds toward that. And so I think the, the writer gives us also some, some helpful ways that we can do this. It builds into this. So as we keep going, we look back up to the beginning here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, keep going. Or if we look straight at the text, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, run the race with endurance. What in the world does that have to do with running a race? What in the, a cloud of witnesses, so run the race with endurance. Let us run the race with endurance. First of all, what's a cloud of witnesses? I know what a cloud is, not many of them right now. It's those, those fluffy things up there, right? But he saw, since there's a cloud, okay, I know what a witness is. A witness is that person that gets on the stand at a court case and he tells about what I saw, right? So a cloud of witnesses. All right, we're starting to get a picture of this. There's a cloud. And he said, therefore, which means he was pointing to what was before. And so if we look at what was before in chapter 11, he says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. In verse 8, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to the place he was to receive an inheritance. In thir verse 13, it says, all these died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them greeted them from afar. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered his son Isaac. In 23, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. In verse 29, by faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those. In verse 33, what else shall I say? Time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel the prophets, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, etc. It goes on and on. The cloud of witnesses are these people in chapter 11 who have gone before. They've gone before. So the cloud of witnesses, these are people who are no longer with them. He's pointing Hebrews. Look at these people who went before you that, that you know of, who walked and lived lives of faith. And I forgot to set up my illustration. I'm going to ask would, would you guys help me out? I want to I try to explain this a little bit more. And so if I get all the children between the ages of 2 and 10. Clive's probably big enough, too. Clive's not, too. He, he he's on, yeah, Clive's big. All right, so as they're bringing up, I want to help us understand what it is 
that there's this cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, put those right here, if you would. Right there. Yep. Good. It's about to get heavy. All right. Let's go over here with these. There. All right. And it, yeah, that one will go back. That we don't. I don't have another one for that, so you can put that one up. All right. So we got. Do we have some 15s too? Yeah, come on. Bring them, bring them on up. All right, so as we're, as we're getting going here, I want to see if you can pick, or the, what are these threes? All right, so I want you to grab these threes, all right? This is hard. You're going to each give it a try. I want you to take these threes, bring them up to here, over your head like that, okay? Let me see you do it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Oh, you made that look easy. All right, so move on down the line. Come, you try it. Oh, so easy. All right, put them down. Come on. Can you do it, Lily? Easy, huh? Easy. Good job. All right. Oh, David. Good. Hey, look. Yeah. Good job. Liam? Liam, you want to try it? Clive? Pick them up, Clive. Oh, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to take turns. Woo! Yeah. All right. Oh, okay, Liam. All right. Oh, good job. Okay. Does anybody want to try this? All right. Come on. Oh, yeah. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Go ahead. Woo. Nice. Oh, it's getting heavy. Ah. Yeah. Caleb, you want to try it? Come on, MMA dude. Yeah. Wow. All right. So everybody has got up eights other than the toddler. to try the 15s all right samuel go ahead let's get Liam back let's get watch out watch out all right did, did he get it all the way up okay good job all right all right will oh Whoa! all right good try good try good try David, watch the feet. Whoa, that's so heavy. Okay, good try. Oh, watch, watch Lily. Oh, man. Great job. It, it is getting really dangerous. All right, okay. All right, now who wants to try the 30s? Woo, all right. Come on, Lily. Come on, Lily. Can you get it over your head? Can you get it over your head? Oh, great try. Anybody else want to try? All right, Samuel. Okay. All right, well, come on. Like, come get the 50s. 
Oh, my goodness. Okay, good try. All right, go ahead and have a seat. Hey, give him a hand. All right, y'all hang on. How are you going to pick up the 30s? How are you going to do it? Huh? I know how you can do it. I, and I'm going to show you in a little bit. I know how you can do it. Owen, can you show us? Can you try the 30s? Can you do the fifties? Come on up. Come on. Can you do a fifty? Hey guys, this is a hundred pounds over your head. Oh. She's ready. All right. Come on, Owen. Come on. Oh! Did he press it all the way? Yep. Oh man. Not quite. Owen, do you want to do the fifties? I mean, do you want to get there? Mr. Adam? Oh, wrap it out. Wrap it out, man. Oh, man. Can I give you her? Sure. All right. Hey, good job, everybody. Good job. Hang on. So, David, do you want to lift the 50s? Do you want to do it? You want to know how to do it? You want to lift the 30s, right? Wait, let me tell you how you do it. Watch this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pay attention to what Owen does. He eats good food and he exercises and he works hard and he grows. And you know what else? He keeps going. And if you keep going, you're going to get to where Owen is and you're going to be able to lift the 30s. Do you want to lift the 50s? Yeah. Well, guess what? The way you're going to lift the 50s is you're going to watch Brother Adam back there. You see him? You're going to watch him and how he eats good food and he works and he exercises his body and he keeps going. And then and he, he can do the 50s. And one day you'll be able to lift the 50s too. All right? All right. Good job. Y'all can go sit down. So can I, can I get some help with these so that we don't have a, a trip hazard for somebody? So if we're going to keep, if we're going to achieve our goal in our, with our spiritual journey, we need to look at those who are a little bit ahead of us to continue. We need to, we need to keep going. Just like physically, all of these young ones have to look ahead to, to Owen and Brother Adam so that they can keep going. So, that's the first way, that's the first reason that we should keep going. The second reason that we should keep going is because Jesus won. Jesus has already won. So, look at this. Jesus the, the founder or the author and the perfecter of our faith, who by the joy, excuse me, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So the, the second reason that we ought to keep going is because Jesus has already won. Jesus lived the life. He conquered sin and death. He despised the shame. Do you know what it means that he despised the shame? 
It means he endured the cross and he didn't even care about the shame that he was going to endure. He despised it. it the, the, the shame that he was to endure and did endure meant nothing to him. He despised it. And so we keep going because of the faithful saints who have gone before us. And we keep going because Jesus has already won. He has already accomplished all things. So let's talk about some practical ways that we can do that. We look to Jesus. We look to him. We look at the, at the founder and the perfecter of our faith and we model ourselves after him. We look at the life that Jesus lived. It says that he abandoned all things. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And so we model ourselves after him and we keep going. As he says, since there's this cloud of witnesses, let's lay aside every weight. Now, when I read this, let every, lay aside every weight and sin, historically I've read that and I kind of thought he was putting those things together. The, lay aside this weight and sin. Like that was the same thing. But the writer actually, there's a comma. Lay aside this weight and sin. It's this sin that kind of attaches itself to us is, what he, is what he, the way he describes it. So if we lay aside weight and then to run the race with endurance, in order to know how to, to, to drop the weight, we need to know what is the race that is set before us. So the author is talking about running an endurance race, right? So we don't know exactly what kind of race he's talking about. He's not specific, but he's not talking about a 40-yard dash just to the, that tree over there, right? He's talking about an endurance race. Has anybody ever run an endurance race? Has anybody ever run a, has anyone ever run a marathon? Half marathon? You ran a marathon? Oh my goodness, Gracie, you're a beast. Oh, your mom ran one. You'd... Wow. Did, was, there, was endurance required? Did you get tired? Absolutely. Has anyone ever run a 5K? So we've got a few 5Ks in here, right? If we, and so you're running that race with endurance. Let me ask you, Stephen, when you ran that 5K, what did you bring with you? Okay. Some water. Did you bring water? I brought water. Yeah. Okay. I only drank it after. Right? Yeah. You carried water? I didn't carry water. Didn't even carry water. Didn't need to. What did you have with you while you were racing? Shoes? I had shoes on, yeah. Were they boots? No, they were not. It was too heavy, man. That's too much weight. <laughs> too much weight. So he, you had light, you had running shoes light that were light, shoes, yeah. and you had probably like the least amount of clothes you could get away with. Yeah, it was on Thanksgiving. There you go. So, right. So, the the idea is, if I know the race I'm running, I'm running a 5K, and for Stephen that takes like 15 minutes. So, 15 minutes, I'm gonna be done with this, right? So I don't I don't need much. I'm just trying to get to the finish line, but I'm st I've still got to run with endurance. Now there are other races that are like survival races where it's days at a time. And so for those races, you're going to have to bring some food and you may, you may, you're either going to bring water or you're going to bring a way to process water, but you're going to have to have some kind of a backpack and some, some stuff with you to survive a few days. So that's a different kind of race. So we're going to carry different things. So 
the first thing we have to think about is what is the race that is set before you? So that's going to be a little bit different for each one of us. But as believers, we know what our primary goals are to, to glorify God and join forever. And one day to be with our father for him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. We'd be restored to him in fellowship. But while we're running this race on earth, we need to think about the way that each of us are made. And we're not going to run somebody else's race. What is the race that you have been called to run? Each of us have been equipped differently and gifted by God to run a different type of race. So when we think about what we're going to pack to bring for our race, it's going to be different. Don't collect a bunch of junk that's going to, that's to run else's race. What are the things, think about that in your life right now, what are the things that you're trying to carry in your life that are just weighing you down? It's just slowing you down. You're trying to run a race, a spiritual race, and you're carrying all this extra stuff. I know one guy that dumped something that was in a rotten camper. <laughs> so he dumped it, right? Because it was slowing him down. It's a race. You've got to get things out of your way that are slowing you down. So the second thing the writer gives us is sin which clings so closely. Church, we are a spiritual and an eternal people that are running a spiritual and an eternal race. Why are you carrying sin around? Examine your baggage and think about what are the things that you're carrying with you. If we're going to be successful and if we're going to go in, weight and we got to drop sin the world is running one type of race it's a race that God has called us to guess what you're going to carry different things those two races a race calling are you in a race saying that you're running towards the prize but you're carrying the things of the world with you along your journey. Drop sin, drop extra weight, and keep going. Repent. Run your race. We go to verse 3. It says, Consider Him. Consider Him who endured from sinners such hostility against Himself so that you may grow weary or faint-hearted. So we've been given some instructions already to pay attention to the examples before us, to pay attention to established the perfect model of what our life ought to look like. Drop weight. Don't carry excessive baggage that you don't need for your journey. And repent. Repent of sin. And so as you're, as you're running your race, Stephen, and you're running that 5K, you weren't carrying extra weight. And we'll assume you weren't carrying extra sin either. Along with your 5K, you're going through, through that journey. How are you doing that? Was it easy? Was it? It was easy because I stopped running. Because you stopped running. <laughs> 
How did your body feel? Tired. Right. If you're running a 5K or even a mile, a marathon, even if you've done all the preparation correctly, you will find yourself tired and weary. Your lungs are going to be burning. Your legs, your calves are cramping. You're going to be tired. So we're going to need more than that. We're going to need more than just dropping weight to get us through the end of the race. And that's where verse 3 comes in. Consider Jesus. And so as we consider Jesus, he talked about before, we, we, we know the verse, all who are weary and heavy laden, come and I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound a lot like what we read here in verse 3? That you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So we're going to set our minds on Jesus. We're going to flip over just a little bit to Colossians 3. Set our minds on Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Seek that which is above. Set your mind on that which is above. Consider Jesus. So, as you are running your race, Here's what I want you to do with me right now is to visualize this. You're running your race. I'm gonna, we're going to get a little job going. All right. And as we're, as we're running, I want you to picture in your mind Jesus. We're considering Jesus. I'm getting a little tired. My quads are going to start burning. My calves are going to start cramping up. My lungs are burning. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to consider Jesus. I'm going to consider Jesus because He was the author effect of faith. That means he began it and he finished it. He completed it. And so I'm going to picture Jesus up here. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, the throne of God, because he's completed all things. So I'm going to, I'm going to consider Jesus. And as I'm running my race, I'm not going to lose sight of that whenever things aren't working the way that I think that they should work. Whenever I'm trying to educate my child, but it's not working the way that I should. Or whenever things aren't happening, I think they should find it. I'm ahead. I'm going to consider Jesus, the one who has prepared a place for me. I'm going to keep my eyes there. And while my lungs are burning, I'm going to keep looking ahead. And I'm going to consider Jesus. And whenever I'm dealing with financial struggle, and when I'm struggling in my marriage, I'm going to keep considering Jesus. I'm going to look at Him so that I'll finish my race and meet my Father one day in perfect fellowship with him so Jennifer and I prayed that prayer we didn't know how that was going to work out we didn't know how to have the thing that, we, that was our and within a year the Lord blessed me with a part time worship leader job I was being paid for and he increased my salary I got a new position at work so that my income more than in less than a year Jennifer came. It became the stay-at-home mom that we decided. Now the Lord didn't have to do that, but my point is, not know how that was gonna work out. So the only thing it Jesus, and we could keep going. We would endure the 
race set before us. We would run the race that is set before us. And so today, there may be, I'm not going to assume everybody in here is a believer, but I do want to challenge each of us. If you are a believer, have you done the first two things that I talked about? Have you looked around at your life and thought about the, the, ex, the excess weight that you're carrying that has nothing to do with the race that you've been called to? Have you done that? Drop the weight because we got a long way to go. Have you repented? Repented of your sin that entangles you, that clings to you, that slows you down on your race toward the Father. Repent. And some of you maybe haven't even ever considered Jesus. Maybe all you're doing is trying to drop weight and try to deal with your sin, but you're not even considering Jesus in the process. So maybe you don't even know Him. And so today I want to challenge you have Consider Jesus. And when I say consider, I'm not saying give Jesus a chance. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is consider the majesty, magnitude, the deity of Christ. Do that today if you haven't ever done it. Would you pray with me? Oh Lord, I ask that you would help us keep running the race that you set before us with endurance. Lord, would you teach us more about what that is? Oh, Lord, we need your help. God, if there is any in here right now that is struggling to remove the weight of maybe the world that they're carrying on their journey, God, I ask that you freedom from that today. Anyone who's carrying sin, I ask, Lord, that you would them repent today. And if there's any who has not considered and followed you, Lord, would you call them unto yourself today? And your Son, Jesus, most holy.